again, I, I just need to, um, to continue to coach a football team that's willing to play with great effort and finish, that's willing to learn the details of every play and every personnel group, that understand the penalties and, and how to play uh, fast and aggressive without fouling, and a team that takes care of the football. So I'll, I'll try to find a different way to, to share the same message um, every week. Shouldn't be a surprise that the, the, they had averaged five and a half penalties per game and we had averaged six and a half. So they did a better job than we did. Better need to figure that one out fast, Mike. Titans lose. Titans four and five. It is a Titans Monday on Jared and the GM. Titans lose to the Panthers. And what truly Floyd Reese, and this is saying something, was one of the most painful Titans losses in recent memory. It was painful watching that game yesterday. So would you like to start with your thoughts on the game and the team, or would you like me to start? Well, I mean, I thought, uh, I mean, we did not play well at all. I mean, I don't think there's any denying that. I don't think we did with that. We played well on, in any one facet. Um, you know, it's it's odd when a team that has been, you know, good in some areas for so long all of a sudden struggle in those areas. And, and you know, you often try to figure out why that is. And, uh, and if you ever get the answer, of course, you know, you're going to be a rich man. But, um, you know, that team was, was just about what we thought. I mean, we, I think we went through and pegged them. And I think some of the areas that we thought we were going to have troubles with, we had troubles with. And I think that, uh, you know, we, we made way too many turnovers, way too many penalties, way too, I mean, we could never, you could never get anything going. You could never settle into what it is you're going to do because you were constantly off balance. You know, just about the time you think you're going to get ready to catch up, you have a fake punt, and then, you know, all of a sudden you're on your heels again, and so now it's, you know, it was it was constant catch up, and every once in a while you started to stick your head above water, and you thought, okay, you know, maybe we got a chance, maybe we're getting close here, and uh, and just about the time you would do that, then you'd sink back under, and you know, you never ever got caught up. So, you know, not not a pretty game. I'm sure they're not happy at all. Um, you know, I I don't know that I've I've seen us play um, that mistake kind of prone game mm-hmm. because we you know one of the things that Vrabel has done a great job with are things like penalties and turnovers I mean we have not been a big, big penalty I think we led the league last year in the fewest penalties and we just don't have a lot of penalties and don't have a lot of turnovers and so what happens yesterday you have penalties you have turnovers cost you the game so I think it's even more than that I, I, I don't know who to blame for yesterday's terrible performance the players I mean, there were more guys that didn't show up than guys who did show up. The Titans could not catch the ball. The Titans could not catch interceptions. The Titans could not keep turnovers that they got because of penalties. They would have a big gain on a run, big gain on a pass, and it would come back because of penalties. They could not kick the football. They could not stop the two studs on the Carolina team that we said, hey, these are the studs on this team. you got to stop them. Heakley... And McCaffrey killed the Titans yesterday. Most notably, the fourth and two where the Titans decided not to cover McCaffrey. Uh, Amazing. So they couldn't stop there, guys. Couldn't kick. Where'd you get that? That they didn't cover him? No, decided not to cover him. 
That's what it looked like. Well, that's not what happened. Penalties left and right, <laughs> drop passes, fumbling the ball, couldn't kick, couldn't stop their guys, bad special teams again. I don't know what has to happen for this special teams coach to get fired, but I was begging for it last year, and they didn't fire a sorry rear end. And every week, there is some drama with the special teams. And again, this week, you couldn't kick the ball, and the fake punt was just demoralizing at that point in the game. And I can't blame Vrabel for all of the drop passes, and you know, A.J. Brown gets called for pass interference, ball hits him in the hand, and Carolina picks it off. How's that Vrabel's fault? Can't blame Vrabel for that. But the freaking game plan was horrible. Which one? Horrible. The one that said, give Deion Lewis the ball more than Derrick Henry in the first half. Is that, that Was that the game plan? That was pathetic. Was that the game and plan? It's what it looked like. Was that the game plan? That was the game plan. <laughs> and it was pathetic. And I am embarrassed for this coaching staff. You always tell me, you football people, Floyd, you guys make it seem like football is so hard that literally nobody can do football other than football people. It's like football people, number one, astronauts, number two, neurosurgeons three, cardiologists four. And if you're not a football person, you can't do football because we work 18-hour days and we sacrifice with our family. And we and I'm not saying y'all don't do that. But you know what? If somebody in there had to miss little Johnny's recital so that they could come up with a game plan that was give the ball to Deion Lewis more than Derrick Henry in the first half, maybe you need to cut it back to 15-hour days or 10-hour days or something like that. Because I could have walked in the meeting and said, guys, that's a bad idea. So the game plan was pathetic from Mike Vrabel and his coaching staff. And a lot of blame goes to Arthur Smith. But I just hold Vrabel accountable for all the coaches because he'll never throw any coach under the bus. So as much as I want to get mad at Vrabel, and I am mad at Vrabel, and I'm getting tired of watching performances like this where Vrabel goes to the podium with no answers after the game, well, that's one side of the equation. The other side is the players just flat out didn't show up. It's like every positive play they made There was something negative behind it. Titans defense gets off the field to start early in the drive. uh, Or early in the game, they get off the the field, and the Titans are moving the ball down the field. And Suckup, who is clearly not healthy, goes out there and just shanks it. And all of a sudden, all that hard work for nothing because you missed the kick. Then... You keep constantly going throughout the game. Every time you did something positive, there'd be a flagged out holding number 77 of the offense. Illegal hands in the face, 77 of the offense. Offensive pass interference. Everything. Everything. And then you get a turnover, and that gets called back because of illegal hands in the face. The Titans were an unjust mitigated disaster yesterday. And the truth is, we all knew going into this game, you didn't have room in your season to have that kind of performance. So here we are. And I, I don't know what to say about it. But I'll say this. I think we all know what the Titans are. I think we all know what they are. And it ain't a playoff team. And it pains me to say that. Because this team should be a playoff caliber team. This team should be every bit as good as Indianapolis. This team should be every bit as good as the Houston Texans. This team should be every bit as good as that most of the AFC teams not named New England, Kansas City, or apparently now Baltimore. And they're not. This team, I don't know if it's a lack of heart. I don't know if my theory on Vrabel is Vrabel is a great motivator when you're at the bottom. 
because he's been there before. So he knows how to motivate the guys up. The problem is Vrabel is, was such a consistent performer and his effort and everything else, people rave about how hard he worked and all of that stuff, that he doesn't know how to motivate the guys after they win because he was always just self-motivated after they won. And that's a problem because this team collectively had their heads in their rear ends yesterday. And a lot of that's the players' fault. And I'm not blaming Vrabel for a lot of that, but then the game plan was just atrocious. I mean, not giving Derrick Henry the ball against the 27th best or worst rush defense in the NFL, absolutely pathetic. So that, I mean, you know what? The Titans are what they are. It's not a very good football team. And it just felt like yesterday, they, Carolina didn't win the game. It felt like the Titans did everything in them to lose the game. And that is getting disheartening, watching this for an entire season. Okay. Do you disagree with anything I said? I, I disagree with everything you say because everything you say is wrong. But because I'm a football person, we won't discuss it. Well, you work 18-hour days. We so won't. so give me the Deion Lewis well, here's, the game plan. See, here's the problem. Football looks so easy because it's played at grammar school and it's played at junior high and it's played at – and people think because they get the three-point stance, they know football. And people like you think because I talk about it or I read about it, I know football. And you really, 90% of the things you just said are absolutely patently incorrect. So it wasn't a pathetic performance yesterday. I said 90%. That was the 10% you got right. Kicking was not a problem yesterday? The kicker is not hurt. Oh, he's hurt. That guy is not fit and for you duty. know he's hurt because you're a doctor. Because I've seen that guy kick you, before. You're a doctor, and that guy could not hit the broadside of a, a barn yesterday. Are you a doctor? When did you get your medical license? You don't know. You think they're purposely going to run a kicker out there that's hurt? You think that's a good plan? No, think I think it's a too? bad plan. But it's what they did. <laughs> See, this is where where it gets so frustrating for a guy like Vrabel. When talking to people like you, because you really don't know. Now you're going to pa- pass blame. You're going to spend all day ranting and raving about what went wrong, well, like like nobody else can see it with their own eyes. But you try to make judgments on it, and you just don't know what you're talking about. And and they understand that, and I understand that. It sounds like so, you're covering I mean, for the Titans by saying I think that. That you performance just, was wretched yesterday. I think you would just, I'll just let you rant and rave and... At some point in time, we'll have a conversation. You can't say the Titans weren't awful yesterday. What did I just say? You said they were awful. Well, that's the gist of what I said. You said what I said was wrong. No, they ran an injured player out there. The the game offensive game plan. Give it to Lewis. Terrible. That's not the game plan. First of all, you have no clue. Not one iota of clue what the game plan was. And second of all, you don't know enough about football to know why they ended up getting Lewis in the game. And I'm not going to waste my time explaining it because I've tried to do it before. But that's what's so frustrating for these guys. And I'm not covering for anybody. I said they played awful. They played awful. There is absolutely not, no doubt about that. But the reasons you're trying to apply to it, the, the fingers you're trying to point are absolutely wrong because it's saying the stuff you're saying is absolutely wrong. I'm blaming the players. You can blame whoever you want. It's not, see, that's the difference between, you know, a lot of people don't like placing blame. You enjoy placing blame. In fact, you search for somebody to blame. 
and I understand that. So that's your personality. Nobody. That's your personality. No, I'm just saying if you're going to blame somebody, let's blame the right people. Blame the kicker because he was run out there hurt. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. But go ahead. I'll just wait. Whenever you want to get to a point you want to talk about it, we'll talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's get the phones going. 615-737-1025-615-737-1025. And as I said, the players deserve a lot of the blame for yesterday. Mike Vrabel didn't drop an interception. Mike Vrabel didn't have illegal hands to the face. Mike Vrabel is not the highest paid left tackle in the league, although I'm sure Lawan's not the highest paid left tackle anymore. But Vrabel did not have the kind of game Lawan had yesterday that just just crippled the Titans at certain points. But it is what it is. 615-737-1025, 615-737-1025. And how did that happen to the Titans yesterday? We'll get into that. Jared and the GM, Titans Monday, live from the Wholesale Inc. studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. It's ESPN 1025 The Game and streaming on the Game Nashville app. Ready, Touchdown, 58 yards. Adore Jackson nearly caught him, but McCaffrey a little slow getting up. Anytime you get tackled from behind, it's going to make it difficult, but this is just easy. This is just right up the gut. That was a killer yesterday. Probably the dagger in the football game, the McCaffrey 55-yard run. And again, I, I probably watched that play 10 times this morning trying to figure out what went wrong. I mean, Carolina just got a hat on everybody. I mean, they... No. That was a nine-man front. There were nine guys in that area. And Evans got blocked. And, and he was the, the guy two linebackers split. One went to the right, one went to the left, left that giant hole. Well, Evans got blocked. <laughs> Evans should have been the one that would have been able to make the tackle up there, but just a killer. On a play like that, if the play goes to the right, one linebacker scrapes one area and the other scrapes to that hole. If the play goes to the left, just the opposite happens. Well, they split. One went to the right and one went to the left, left that hole completely open. And he just took off. It was like a sprint. Mm. Awful. That was just a killer. The, the, I thought there were three plays yesterday, and we can go through like all obviously the missed field goals and the Deion Lewis fumble and and all of that. But the three plays I thought were killers. One was the great catch Kenny Moore made. Uh, not Kenny Moore. He's a uh, Moore, the wide receiver. Kenny Moore's in Indianapolis. The receiver DJ Moore that he made for Carolina right there on the one they initially called incomplete, and then they said was a completion where he got it down to the one. That was a great play. That was a killer. The McCaffrey run was a killer, and the fake punt was a killer. I mean, those three were just absolute killers yesterday. And the Titans made a lot of mistakes on their own, and a lot of guys out, which means not a lot of room for mistakes. And this is what happens, and now you're staring at four and five, and the Titans are going to have to climb their way out of the hole some way, somehow. Let's go to your phones. Titans Monday, Reaction Monday, here on Jared and the GM. James is going to kick us off on Taylor Lewan. Go ahead, James. Hey, gentlemen. I really appreciate y'all taking my call. Yep. Um, I know Floyd just kind of cut into you about placing blame. I'm not going to do that. Everybody's to blame. But uh, I am sick and tired of hearing Taylor Lewan after every game talk about, oh, if I'm a Titans fan, I'd be frustrated too. Then do something about it. You know, everybody 
including myself, kind of crucified Marcus for his lack of progression. You know, always oh, year five, he's making the same mistakes. When is Lawan going to stop committing senseless penalties that cost the team, essentially cost the game? I mean, these are big drives, you know, drive killers, back-to-back, you know, face masks. If he wasn't getting blown by or, you know, getting suspended, maybe he'd be able to, I don't know, hit the weights or whatever the reason he's, he's getting smoked every game. I'm tired of watching it. I mean, it's it's just frustrating, you know, on every level. He claims he's the leader of the locker room. James, yeah. I, James, I hear you on the Lawan front. Thank you for the call. And, Floyd, we've talked about this a lot. When you're the highest-paid guy and you you talk in the locker room every day, you are a target when things don't go well, especially when you are committing the penalties. And I agree with the caller. I mean, I the sideline reporter yesterday was talking about Taylor Lewan came over to the guys. We have that, the Melanie Collins. I, I, I was watching the game on my phone in the Ontario, California airport. And I heard this and I, I almost went bananas what Melanie Collins said on the sidelines. Greg, the Titans haven't been able to get out of their own way so far, and Taylor Luan was fired up down here on the bench after that last series. Four penalties already on the offensive line, and he said to his guys, we've got to be smarter, stay disciplined, and stack good plays on top of good plays. They're having trouble finding consistency without their center, Ben Jones. And I'm thinking, Taylor, you just worry about you not getting penalized right now. You- Taylor, Taylor did not play very well now. he I mean, it, not only did he get penalized, but, I mean, he just got... The speed rush just beat him, you know, the, and I can't remember who it was on the outside, but, but he lined up and just, I think it was Burns, just ran by him. And, uh, and you know, I mean, you can't, if you're the highest paid tackle in the league and if you're going to be, you know, talking, you have certainly got to pay a lot better than that. I, I don't understand how you can continue to have hands-to-the-face kind of penalties like every week or two, mm-hmm. you know, how does that, do you not realize you have to keep your hands off of the face? I mean, what is such a mystery about that? But, uh, but yeah, he, uh, that was one of the worst games that he's played. And it was funny because we were talking about it before the game. And I said, you know, the first week he got in here, he was all hyped and, you know, yelling, screaming, pointing and, and, and didn't play very well, you know, made some mistakes, but I said, first time back. Okay. Then the next week played a little bit better, and then last week really played pretty good. And you, so you thought, okay, now he's you know he's going to hit midseason form, and here we go. And he went, he went right back to the beginning, starting all over. It was he was terrible, and I think too, like if you're the Titans' offensive line, and now again the sideline reporter, they go sometimes to the sideline reporter just to go to the sideline reporter. But if Lawan's coming over to the offensive line saying, "Hey, we got to be smart, we can't commit penalties," and Taylor's committing two of them. Don't you think that Jameel Douglas is looking at him well, like, hey, shut up. The guys that are committing the penalties are the, your all-pro left tackle and your rookie right guard. I mean, that's what kills you. You'd say, okay, rookie right guard, so you're going to do that a little bit. But not your all-pro left tackle. I can't have that from him. Just an awful performance from Lawan. Gary, up next on Mike Vrabel. What's up, Gary? Yes, Jared, I'll get to my question in just a minute. When you're on vacation... I don't care if Tom Brady is behind the microphone sitting next to Floyd. I'm not going to listen, and I'm not going to listen to your sponsors. And the same thing with Floyd when he's on vacation. One question, six words, and I'll hang up. Mike Malarkey got fired for this. Thank you for the call. Don't think I haven't thought about that. Now, I don't, again, I'm more intrigued by the first, to be honest with you, and I know it's Titans Monday and I try to not get off a little bit. I'm in, I'm infinitely more intrigued 
by the first part of that call. Like, you won't listen to the show when one of us is off? I don't understand. Like, we have to be together every day? I don't I don't know. We're together six days a week. Like, that's a lot. Now, we weren't this week because I was out in California. Maybe he didn't like the pregame show or whatever. But, like, we're together a lot. We do four hours a day. We don't have a lot of guests on this show. So it's not like, you know, you're hurting for Jared and the GM. We are out there a lot. The thing about the malarkey thing, boy, Vrabel, and I'm not... I'm not jumping on the the Crush Vrabel bandwagon today yet, but I mean, I keep expecting to see better results than what I'm seeing right now. And we go back to Lawan being a target because he's the highest paid guy in there, and I mean, Vrabel's a target because he's the head coach and because he replaced a coach that got you to the playoffs. No matter how he got you to the playoffs or how you got it, he got you to the playoffs. And it feels like every game, uh, Vrabel is getting you further and further from the playoffs. So I'm not saying that I'm getting mad at Vrabel right now, but I understand where the caller is coming from, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously. They don't, you know, they see uh, um, Mullark. Went to the playoffs, you know, got him to nine wins or whatever it was. They make a change, and here's Vrabel, you know, struggling to get back, same spot. So. And and the thing that bothers me on the Vrabel front, and maybe this shouldn't bother me, but we were sold that, hey, Mike Vrabel is a leader. He was a leader as a player. He was a leader as a, as a union rep. He was a leader uh, at Ohio State as an assistant coach. He made Whitney Merciless the player he is today. He is a true leader. And I'm not saying he's not. But give me a more inspiring performance, Titans. And again, I'm not the drop passes and the stuff. I'm not blaming Vrabel for that right now. But, you know, if you're going to lead the team, give me a more inspired performance than what I saw yesterday where it was just mistake after mistake after mistake. It was like the opposite of what we would see the Patriots do out there on a football field. Yeah, I don't know which way. I don't know where you're going. Inspired performance, and then you started talking about mistakes. So where do you want to go? It was uninspiring because they kept making mistakes. Right. And I would, I, you know, I'd want the coach to, he's preaching accountability, and yesterday everybody went out there and made mistakes. Right. I want the coach to coach him up to not make mistakes. So in, that many inspire them to not make mistakes. Yes, hold them accountable. The and, things he talks about. Well, is it holding them accountable, or are we inspiring? What are we doing here, Ian? Are those not two very similar things? Hold them accountable and being inspired. Yes. You're the coach. <laughs> You're the leader of men. You're the leader of men. Nothing to do with inspire each other. Inspire these guys to do their <laughs> job and do it correctly. Let me say this. You do not inspire pro athletes. You do not. If you think pro coaches are standing up in front of a group giving them a Newt Rockney-type speech, that does not happen. This is not college. I know, but this is also not the NBA where it the coach does nothing. It, it does not happen. Now, coach him to not make mistakes. I think every coach tries to do that. And And I'll say this now. If you look at Mike and his history, they have not been a penalized team, and they have not been a turnover team. That's why a game like this is so frustrating, because you go all of that time. I mean, we got we we had the uh, the interception last week, or no, the fumble. 
Derrick Henry fumble last week. Mm-hmm. One turnover. And it was kind of like, oh, my God, what just happened? What is that? You know, a turnover? How does that happen? And then you go out this week and you turn it over three times. I mean, that's not that is not what this team has been. More reaction and do the Titans maybe need to start thinking about giving some kicks in the rear end. We'll discuss that next. Jared and the GM right here on ESPN 1025 the game. It is a Titans Monday, so get excited about that. Uh, ESPN 1025 the game uh, is sending one lucky listener and a guest to Dallas with the Winter Classic Celebration Flyaway. Listen for your chance to qualify this week, 7 a.m., 11 a.m., and 3 p.m. A winner will be announced on Jared and the GM November 15th during Jared and the GM at 5.30. The grand prize includes a round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, a pair of tickets to see Leonard Skinner at the American Airlines Center on New Year's Eve, a pair of tickets to the Winter Classic as the Preds take on the Dallas Stars at the Cotton Bowl. Prizes courtesy of Outback Presents. And for more details, visit... The game Nashville.com. Jared and the GM, CSPN 1025, the game. Comes Ryan Suckup. Ryan Suckup just activated and added to the active roster. He went to the IR prior to the start of this season with a knee injury. Well, you have to remember, Greg, these Titans, that points are valuable to the Titans because defensively, the most points they've given up a game is 23. So most of their scores have been very low. So three points is a big deal. Suckup from 43 yards out. And he pulled it from 56 yards. On the way, right down the middle. Not enough. And short. This one will be 44. Had a knee injury. Looked good enough in practice. They activated him. This kick on the way. Hit the upright and bounced back. You can go ask him. The locker room was open. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. We wouldn't have made the guy active for the game if he wasn't confident in doing his job, but I wasn't confident in, in Auk and John and everybody in the organization. We'll go back to work and practice and, and try to help everybody um, do their jobs better. That was Rabel after the game. Ryan suck up that. Now, I did not know what Ryan Suckup's timetable was. I still don't totally know. But what a horrible kicking performance from a team that has just had too many horrible kicking performances this year from a guy who, if nothing else, might be the most reliable player on the team. And and the part that is really crushes you is that, you know, you've been, that's been an area that you've been proud of for the last, you know, four or five, however long he's been here. Yeah, number, even when you were bad, he could still make kicks. Yeah. And and uh, and for him to go out and have a performance like that was was truly not insp- inspiring. I mean, he pushed the first one, the the long one he hit that was the best kick of the day. I mean, that was a beautiful kick, but it was just too far, and so it didn't get there. And then uh, and then the last one doinked on him, and we all know about the doinks. So you think that that is just a bad kicking performance and not a guy who's not 100% kicking the ball? They are not going to put a guy out there that is not 100% kick the ball. Why would you do that? What What's the advantage of doing that? Because maybe they thought he would be more reliable from 40 than Parky. An I don't know. injured guy? 
Well, you know what they always say, nobody in the NFL is 100% this nobody time of year. Nobody in the NFL is 100% but kickers and punters. <laughs> well, they tried and to get the punter killed last 100%. week, so I don't know what they're... <laughs> but, I mean, you, there's absolutely no advantage to running a kicker out there that's not healthy. I agree, but I could not, I watched that game and I thought, what did John Robinson see this week that made him think that this guy could play? Because he that's not suck up out there kicking. If you told me that that an alien had entered his body and was trying to kick yesterday, I would have believed that before I believed that Ryan Suckup was 100% and just missed two kicks and was short on a 56-yarder. I mean, short on 56-yarder, well, that's going to happen. Yeah, no, that's going to happen. But the two 56. misses were terrible. And the one, I mean, not to well, say— Well, the first one was terrible. The second one doinked on him. I mean, that's so it's not terrible. Still, it's a doink. It was like I mean, a 38-yard kick. 44, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makeable <laughs> kick in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially for him. But, you know, it's not like he missed it by 10 yards. I mean, the first one he pushed, clearly. Second one was just too long, and third one he doinked. And I'm not making, you know, I'm just saying, hey, he screwed up. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt about that. I mean, I don't think anybody's shocked by any of it. And a beautiful day. The weather wasn't a factor, none of that. The only thing that was ugly yesterday was the performance of the Titans and those light blue pants, which I hate. Let's go back to your phones. Fred on Ryan Suckup. Go ahead, Fred. Hey, guys. Hope you have a good day. Yep. And, uh, Jerry, I know you said earlier that, you know, this team's not a playoff team, and it seems like that. And, you know, I I tend to agree. I know there's a lot of mistakes on offense and everything, but if you really think about with the kicker situation, we could have won probably the Colts game. Maybe won that Bills game, and then this game probably would have been in a lot better position to maybe be driving down and scoring a touchdown to win instead of for, you know, whatever ended up actually happening at the end there. And, I mean, I know it's unreasonable to expect someone to make a, you know, the furthest kick of their career every time, but it's just we got to get a kicker that can make more field goals than he misses in a game, and I really think it's holding us back big time. I think the stat, thank you for the call, Fred. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. I mean, kicker has killed this team this year. And and the part that is so sad, and some teams never get out of this, but it seems like once you get into it, once the problems start, and, you know, like you IR a kicker and then – you know, the first one comes in and he doesn't work out. And then the second one comes in and you're not sure. And then finally your guy back and he's not playing. And it's like never ending. You know, it's and it almost becomes, uh, you know, like self-perpetuating. It's, you know, the last guy was bad, so I'm going to be bad too. I mean, it's it's really frustrating. And then you just have teams where the guys just never miss kicks. Oh, like yeah. Detroit. They don't ever miss kicks in Detroit. They don't ever miss kicks in Denver. McManus, the him and Prater before they don't they don't ever miss kicks. Well, that was suck up, you know. Suck. I, oh I, yeah. I, I, I don't he know if I kicks can say last year. Ever miss kicked, but he didn't miss a, many of them. So yeah. two years ago, suck up was as automatic as they came. Last year, suck up missed some kicks, and yesterday he missed three kicks. I I, I he didn't look right out there. That's all I got to go off of. But he didn't look right. Let's go to Tristan on the Titans. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Tristan. Yes, I think uh, we should trade Taylor Juan, give some of that money back to the fans uh, for showing up to these uh, games, they call it games, and uh, get some draft picks and uh, get a new quarterback and uh, get a new kicker. Like, we should have had Cody Parkey kicking out there. I think he could have made two kicks at least. And, uh, like, 
yeah, Taylor Juan is one person we need to get rid of, and Marcus is another person. And well, they're going to get rid of Marcus. Just- so I, I want to address the Luan thing. Thank you for your call. I would say this about the Luan front. I mean, he's starting to become a little bit more than he gives you, if that makes any sense. You know, your value to the team, if you, even if you've got a colorful personality off the field or things like that, if you're a great player, a lot of people will forgive a lot of the things that you do or say or things like that. You know, you're not a distraction. You're just colorful because you're a great player. And then it comes to a point to where you're just too much of a pain in the rear end. And that's where Odell Beckham Jr. got with New York. New York was like, you know what? We're not winning with Odell, so why do we need Odell on our team to be a pain in the butt when we get all these picks and stuff for Odell? And they shipped Odell to Cleveland, where I'm sure after Odell didn't get the ball at the end of the game yesterday, he's going to be even more of a pain in the butt. But I guess the thing here is Lawan. now there is no you know way to replace him at left tackle right now, but Lawan is... His play is not matching what he is paid, and it is not matching kind of the the off the field image that he has. And I, for one, think that that he's either got to play up to that standard, or he you got to find a way to get rid of him. Talking about kicker problems, I just Venetieri missed another field goal yesterday, a forty three yarder with a minute left that won that would have won them in the game. And they end up losing to Pittsburgh, but there's another example of just a kicker issue, of you know, oh uh, yeah, it gets started and you miss a few, and yet you have confidence in him, you know, it's Vinatieri, okay, well, and yet, boom, here's another one, cost him a game. Well, I think Vinatieri's cooked. I mean, I think he's done. I think it's time to hang it up. But what do you think uh, about Lawan? Well, I mean, he he yesterday was he was improving from the first day, like I said before. He was getting better. The third game played his best game of the year, and then he hit yesterday and went just the opposite. I mean, he went right back to to the the uh, the beginning. So, I mean, I don't, you know, I think that was it's inexcusable. I mean, the the problem is, and and this is the issue. If you're going to be the highest paid player, then you're going to have the most the number of fingers pointing at you, mm-hmm. and that's what he is. So, you know, he's the highest paid offensive lineman in the league or highest paid tackle in the league or highest paid whatever he is. And uh, and when he when you go out there, you expect him to play like that. And getting penalties is not the issue. And they are not. Now, holding penalties for a left tackle, I mean, you, you know you're going to get some of those. But hands to the face again, give me a break. I mean, I know you're tall. I know you have long arms, and I know a bunch of these defensive ends are short guys. But you cannot put your hands in their face. But he seems to get at least one every week. 615-737-1025. 615-737-1025. Does Mike Vrabel need to start making some changes? We'll discuss next. Jared and the GM, CSPN 1025, the game and streaming on the Game Nashville app. Brings up second and short. Second and three to be precise. Lewis still in the backfield. Lewis gets the handoff. Lost the football. It's on the ground and picked up by the Carolina Panthers. Oh, that killed me yesterday. Oh, it killed me. Dion Lewis fumbling the football. Oh, it killed me yesterday. Amongst the many a thing with Dion. 
But I was watching the game. I've got the Sunday ticket app on my phone. And so I'm in Ontario, California, which is a suburb of L.A. And I'm flying out to come home. And I got my phone. And, you know, the Sunday ticket app is like a second behind the real TV. So, like, five people text me at one time. You know, what the bleep? Why is Dion Lewis in the game? And as soon as I get the barrage of texts, I immediately see Dion fumble the football. And I almost threw my phone across the, uh, the terminal there over at the Ontario International Airport. I could not believe that they were giving Dion Lewis the ball as much as they were giving Dion Lewis the ball. And mainly because Dion Lewis stinks this year. But does Vrabel need, is Vrabel at the point with all the mistakes that are happening that he needs to start making some changes? And I don't know specifically what the changes would be. Some fans will tell you that they need to take the play calling from Arthur Smith. I'm not sure I'd go that far. Some fans, yours truly would say, they need to fire the offensive line coach, Keith Carter. But does Vrabel need to start sitting guys down at this point and just say, you know what, I, I can't play this guy because he keeps screwing up. Or I can't play that guy because he keeps getting this penalty. I mean, what is Vrabel supposed to do when the entire team goes out there and just lays an egg out on the football field? Well, when it's the whole team? Yeah. I mean, who, you know, who knows? I mean, you can't, you know, you certainly can't replace everybody. And and whose fault was it? You know, I mean, you can point a finger at 15 different guys. You know, whoever you want to place the blame on. It'd be people place it on the fake punt. It'd be people blame it on the kicker. It'd be people blame it on the quarterback. It'd be people blame Vrabel. I mean, you know, everybody's got an opinion and everybody's and so, you know, I mean it just depends on, on who you are and which side of the table you're sitting on, I think. So which side of the table do you sit on? That they need to make changes or just keep going no, with the flow, no. keep Change, preparing. Changes are not the answer. You can't make changes in ninth game, tenth going into the tenth game of the season. I mean, it can't. They don't. They're never going to help you. What is the answer? Then these players are better than this. What they the what they did yesterday, they're better. The team, than that. that's absolutely right. That team you saw yesterday has not been the Titans. I mean, we think back two weeks ago, the last two weeks. I mean, the last two weeks of that team is was different than the one we saw yesterday. Now, why did the one yesterday pop up? I don't know. I mean, I know that the the uh, the way the game went early affected literally every single thing that they wanted to do. Oh, the Titans had a great and chance so, to get a good start on that football game, and then Suckup missed the kick, and then they had the fumble that was taken back because of hands to the face, and they still got an interception on that drive, but the Titans early had opportunities in the first half. They played even with Carolina, if not better with Carolina in the second half, they just blew it in the first half. Well, they were behind like three to nothing after the first series. They were behind like ten to nothing after the second series, and they were behind seventeen to nothing after the third series. No, no, no. So where do you want to go from there? No, they didn't. They weren't down three nothing until three series into the game. I mean, Carolina, I think, had two offensive possessions before they even scored. You know, the first Titans get a three and out. Titans move down the field, miss the field goal. The second. First offense, we missed a field goal. Right, but Carolina had the ball first. Yeah. So I'm sure. saying, you know, the Titans. Well, that's not I'm, a serious is. I'm talking about the offense. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, you know, you're, you're the offensive guy, and you're, you know, you think you're going in, you're going to get a field goal. You don't. All of a sudden, they do get a field goal. Now you're behind. Then you think you're going to go down and try to make something happen. You fumble it, and they go down and score. So now you're behind 10 to nothing. 
and you think you're going to do something, and then and then you, uh, what is it? They get a fake punt, and they go down and score again. Now oh, you're, the fake you're behind punt was 17 to nothing. The fake punt going, was in, going into your next series. So what are you going to do? And they were playing safe on the fake punt. Oh, they didn't fool them. I mean, the safe punt, safe punt didn't, you know, in theory, didn't work. In fact, they were trying to get out of it. That would have screwed Carolina and over. The Titans just scored. That what you want to talk about? Put you right you back in the game. You want to talk about fourth down calls? Riverboat Ron with the one to McCaffrey. It, yeah, and the, but you're oh. ahead by ten points. Titans are starting it's to get the momentum. On your thirty, I think it's more and like you're going to forty. You're going to run a fake punt with the Titans in safe. You're going to run a fake punt. No. No, you do not do that. And with the Titans in safe, would, was nobody yelling down? But I'll bet, Call time I'll out, bet nobody is. I'll bet nobody's after him about that fourth oh, that down. That was so stupid. I mean, I'm sitting there. It's so stupid. So stupid for Carolina to do that. And the Titans had it sniffed out. The Titans had it. And they couldn't do it. And that, and that is a microcosm of what made yesterday so Freaking yeah. frustrating. When you say you know you're going to stop, you know what's happening, and you stop it, and you you hit them a yard or two short, and then they turn it into a rugby scrum and get it over the top. Let's go to Joe, who's up next here on Titans Monday. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Joe. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. You know, I was watching that game yesterday for the first half, and then I turned it off. I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't stand it anymore. And uh, I, th- I was thinking it back, and I wanted wanted to bounce this off. You know, when Malarkey. And I know Cedric, or not Cedric, but Robert might call in, call him the malarkey freak. But I have to say, you know, that coach regime, I don't recall the Titans ever looking this bad under that coach regime. I mean, they had some bad games, but I don't recall them looking this bad and playing this bad consistently on and off, you know. And I, I think that when they made the playoff run, they actually put together a few weeks consistently where they won a stretch of games to get to that playoff spot. And this coaching staff and or whatever they have over there is just not getting the job done. And when you have a team that plays this bad uh, on national television consistently, it's not the players. It's the preparation going into the game. It's coaching all day long. Thanks, guys. Yep. So as much as I would love to defend Mike Malarkey right here, do you not remember the game at Arizona two years ago? That game was just like yesterday where the Titans went into Arizona against Matt Barkley and did literally everything wrong that day including their own fake punt that was so stupid at the time for the Titans to run that fake punt. And I forget who ran it, but it was someone terrible, like Bryce McCain or something. And I <laughs> threw a fit about the decision to do that. And uh, and you kind of defended the fake punt, and then I went nuts over who did the fake punt. You said, now that's the most important thing about running a fake when you're a special teams coach is who's doing the faking. So it's not like Mike Malarkey's Titans never had games like yesterday's. And I, I'm not going to get onto that train right now or the, you know, the bashing Vrabel. This is the reality, though, that we talked about when John Robinson hired Vrabel. That is, if the coach you hire after you fire the guy for going to the playoffs – if the coach you hire is not at that standard and he the fans will let you know about that. Now, if Vrabel was going to the Super Bowl, everybody would say, see, we knew the ceiling with Malarkey was this, and Vrabel has John Robinson knew that Mike Malarkey could only get him to nine wins, and that's why he went out and got this coach, and that's why we're Baltimore right now. You know, something like that. So I can't completely get on that yet although john robinson knew when he did it he was taking a risk so i don't think john robinson should be without blame if the risk blows up in his face 
as far as the coaching, I still, you know, we'll get into that here in a second. You know, what was bad with coaching? What was good with coaching? What was your point on the fake punt is true. That was the stupidest thing Carolina did yesterday. And the fact that Carolina didn't have somebody in the booth saying, time out, time because that is when you take a second half time out. Well, and they tried to change it. They tried to audible out of the fake on the field and couldn't do it. And isn't that and when it's a culture, time out, time out. They yeah. end up running it anyway, which could have easily cost them the game. That And part of the reason that he ran in my opinion, part of the reason that he ran it was he knew that it was coming the other way, that the momentum was coming the other way. And he felt like he had to do something. And he did it, and by golly, it worked. But had it not worked, I mean, that could have changed the entire game right there. Every single thing. Because then we would have had the momentum on the 30 or 40 or wherever it was. And we go in and score there. Now it may be completely different. Oh, yeah. Derrick Henry had just had a drive where you couldn't stop Derrick Henry. And he goes in the end zone for a touchdown. Titans get the ball at the 45-yard line. They're handing off to Derrick. And he rips off a 13-yarder or a 26-yarder like he's capable of. Total ball game is, is completely changed at that point. 615-737-1025 is the phone number. So here's my question coming up next. How much blame is on Vrabel and the coaches, and how much blame is on the players who dropped passes, missed interceptions, couldn't make field goals, couldn't block their guy without holding her hands to the face penalties? How much of it is on those guys, and how much of it is on the coaching? We will discuss next. Jared and the GM right here on a Titans Monday. It's ESPN 1025, the game.